Hello, and welcome to an unexpected podcast. My name is Tim, and with me as always, we have Matt, Mick, and Devin. Uh, unfortunately, Rainier couldn't be with us this week. On uh, this week's episode, we're going to be going over a 650-point list and an 800-point list of Easterlings that Matt and Mick had wrote uh, based on the last episode to kind of tell you how we would build a list, as well as an 800-mixed-condon Easterling list that uh, I have with me today. And then we're going to be going over two uh, reviews of lists from... Uh, Lothlorien and a Mordor Siege Bow list because unfortunately we left one out in the last episode. So we figured we'd give you twice the list review. Um, so we'll move over to the Mordor Siege Bow list first just because that one I'm really interested to hear people's opinions on. So I'll move that over to Mick. The tournament winning list. Yes, this is the one that wins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this list comes from Avery Marjoram. Uh, sorry if I just butchered, uh, butchered your surname. Um, um, so, I wrote a 700-point uh, model list inspired by Tim and Evan in the Barger episode. The triple siege bow plus Dagnuminorians. Uh, I would love your thoughts on it. I haven't played the Witch King on Felby, so I suspect his, load, uh, his loadout could be changed. The numbers aren't quite right. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, the numbers aren't quite as high as they could be. Uh, my main thought is that the shield wall sits between siege engines while the Witch King makes it harder to charge. He and Kardush cast um, with Gurrit to get it all in one place and call marches and moves. Um, I would love to hear your feedback. So the list itself is Warband 1 contains the Witch King of Angmar on the Fell Beast with Crown of Morgul, 3 Might, 12 Will, and 2 Fate Points. Uh, he's leading a Moranon Orc with a Banner, Shield, and Spear, 8 Moranon Orcs with Shields and Spears, 8 Black Numenorians. Second Warband is uh, Kardush, leading one Orc Warrior with Shield and Spear, one Orc Warrior with Shield, and two Warg Riders with Shields and Throwing Spears. Um, Warband number three is Guritz, Master of Reserves. Uh, he's leading one Orc Warrior with Shield and Spear, two Warg Riders with Shields and Throwing Spears. Then we have uh, three identical Warbands afterwards, which go Orc Siege Veteran, and a mortar siege bow. And this repeats three times. So in total, we have 700 points, uh, 10 might, out of which uh, three are in the uh, siege engines, um, 36 models. So uh, the army is broken at 19. Uh, <laughs> That's going to hurt. <laughs> so it's, um, it's interesting. <laughs> um, you mean it's game changing? It's gonna yeah, change. I mean. So it, 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 I'm not even going to start with the siege like, <laughs> I mean, Back in the day, when, I think when we were doing one of the dwarf episodes, I was suggesting having three uh, dwarf ballistas in like, yeah. a, like a horde of dwarves. Um, I didn't exactly have three orc siege bows in mind when I was saying that list. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're glad they're here. Exactly. Okay, so, so, so on the positives. Well, well, well actually, uh, uh, first of all, it's interesting to note that um, there are six warbands here. Um, Witch King is leading one, Karadush and uh, Guritz is leading a, th a third one, and then, and then the three separate warbands for the Siege Bow. So um, the rules actually for Siege Engines state that you have to have at least one Hero Fortitude for every Siege Engine that you, uh, that you bring to the table. So this is why, obviously, we can't have five Siege Bows and just the Witch King, which would just completely break the game. Um, so... Um, on the positives in this case, um, I love the Witch King. Um, he could do with more will points and uh, 
potentially a third uh, fate point. As yeah. at 700 points, there's a lot of uh, possible combat that he might be getting into. Uh, Black Numenorians supported by Mono Norks with shields and spears are pretty solid, as, uh, especially with the banner. Um, and then uh, the other warbands, obviously Gurit is, is really good, and so is Gardish. Although Gardish is not, is not maximized here fully because of Black Numenorians. Um, if you're playing Kardush, it's possible that um, more, more orcs and less Bacchimonorians might be a better choice. And then the three siege bows. Well, what do you guys think? I mean, I guess, so before we even get on the siege bows, because I want to, the siege bows are obviously a talking point here, but I, I think you did definitely hit on a couple points where Kardush is not maximized at all. And I, I kind of like, even with the siege bows, or even without them, 36 models at 700 points where like half your army is defense four, I think, because he's got like nine orcs on these siege bows, and I'm assuming he's he's gonna... Uh, no, there's actually six orcs on the siege bows, because it's uh, each, well, siege, each siege bow is two models, and then one of them becomes a siege veteran, right? No, it's three. it's three. Or is it three? Oh, yeah, okay. He's got nine, nine models okay. there that, uh, plus then the other orcs sprinkled throughout. A quarter of his army is crewing siege bows. Yeah. <laughs> and he's at 36 models. <laughs> so he's trying to fit things that can't fit. So like the Witch King on Angmar and Felbys, yeah, I love it, but he can't fit that in this list because he's trying to get expensive troops in that warband while at the same time spamming siege weapons. So I think just overall what he's trying to do is fight he's fighting his own list for like territory here. Um, I mean, we can talk about the siege bows and I definitely want to, because that makes the list kind of interesting and fun to review, but I think there's some failings here already where like, so if you're going to have small numbers in your list, generally you want to be a majority elite or high defense or something that mitigates the damage or something of that nature. But he's got a largely fragile army at 36 models and at 700 points, like yeah, if we were talking about 500 or 600 point list, possibly it would have been okay. But at 700 points, I mean, the average army, a, a basic army is going to be 39 models. Like that's just starting, let alone anyone who might be flexing their list to jump for more models. Like you're, you're being outnumbered while not having the troops to fight the long game. Cause the siege bows are not going to blow your opponent up at range. So that's my initial thoughts that are kind of worrying me. Well, to stick with the positives, I am positive the siege bows are a bad idea. <laughs> um, so, so let so let's talk about the siege bows a little bit. I mean, we talked we we we've talked about them before. Let, let's talk about some of the problems. I mean, the, uh, obvious problem number one is they only hit on fives, so they're just not going to hit that often. Mm -hmm. um, problem number two, and this is inherent in the non-area effect, non-volley fire um, siege weapons is that there's a lot of things you can do to counter or nullify um, those types of siege weapons. Uh, one being, you know, as long as you keep your enemy's battle line between uh, your troops and your enemy's uh, siege weapons, there's a they have a real problem shooting them. Because um, even if they have some like small keyhole shots where they can find to shoot at your guys with none of the own troops in the way, 
uh, they scatter. And, you know, if you do manage to roll that five or a six, and then you roll a one through five afterwards, you can scatter it to a guy within three inches that has two of your own folks between them and the target, in which case suddenly you're probably hitting your own guys and killing your own guys rather than your opponent's guys. Um, that's problem number two. Uh, problem number three is <clears throat> there's an FAQ um, that's come out that now says you can scatter onto somebody who is not in line of sight of the, uh, of the siege weapon. So you can take a guy within three inches of the intended target and like stick him behind the corner of a house or behind a wall or something like that. And if, and if your target gets hit, then you scatter onto that guy. Then you know you're not going to get killed. Uh, and not only that, if there are you know, enemy guys that are in the way of that invulnerable guy, they might get hit. Um, I think that's how it works. Hold on. Um, if, you, if you were to scatter onto someone who's behind a house, wouldn't the house just be in the way? So there's well, the, house the house is in the way, but uh, I mean, yeah. So, this, so, but, but here's the thing: if what if there are like two enemy troops that are in the way before you get to the house? Well, then right. you roll, uh, you roll in the way for the first one, then the second one, then the house. So, well, yeah. you don't roll in the way for the house if the guy can't be seen, right? Well, if I you, think you have, you have to have no pick a sight, legal target. So when you, you when you don't. scatter, they they have they have changed that in the FAQ, and I will look that up. You don't have to pick you a can, legal target, so you just fling it into the house. You, it just has to be a battlefield target within three inches. And if that can't be seen by the siege weapon, then that target can't be hit. Let me, you guys go on and chat about. Wow. About this. Yeah. I'm, all right. I'm going to so, look that FAQ sure I, I think just, Nick. I, well, no, sorry. I would have just uh, imagined that the, the shot goes and then it might just penetrate a wall and then still get through or it won't. No, penetrate it, it won't it's really, like at that point, you can't see the target. You can't hit it. Yeah, yeah but, I'm gonna look. You, you know, guys talk about the, other the, things. I'm gonna look. The shot gonna is look already flying. <laughs> the shot is already on its way. It yeah, it's in the way, it's, it's, it's in the way into a house. All right. And again, you guys talk about something else, and I'm gonna look this up. So, so yeah. Nick, I think you did some statistics on um, how often oh, yes. siege bows will hit these siege bows. So three siege bows. How often will it hit, Mick? Break us down some stats. So one siege bow hits one third of the time, right? On a five plus. And then if you want to land it on your initial target, then, one, then it's one in six. However, um, if you have a might point, then it's really one in three because a five plus gets you that hit. So a single siege bow will hit the initial target once per nine shots. Um, so if let's say on your, uh, on, on your first turn, you were to, uh, to fire all three at your opponent's general, for example, and you are ensuring that you will only use the might point on your scatter roll to try to get that five into a six. Then I ran some maths earlier, and um, it came out to be just about 30% chances of actually hitting that general. So you're spending quite a lot of points to once every three turns maybe hit something that you're really trying to hit. And then even if you hit it, that general just takes a fate point and doesn't really care. And thing is, if you were using a catapult, for example, uh, with all the rerolls and hitting on fours, plus uh, plus the mic points, you pretty much have the same chance of hitting with just a single catapult. In, in, in fact, you might actually be slightly slightly better off with a single catapult. Plus, you have the troll, and there is an area damage. So I'm just I'm just comparing how three siege bows 
are not even as good as a single catapult. So the only standing that I can say for the siege bows over the catapult is the fact that it gives you nine troops over the... a troll. Right. I get it. It's a it's a troll. But I'm saying like <laughs> if you're trying to boost your numbers for any reason now. In this case, he's boosting his numbers on a list that's uh, kind of small. So I think in the Bear Door episode, we were talking about doing that, but we were talking about it in the context, I believe, in a list that's already a horde list. Mm. So, um, you know, like Sauron. But, uh, but basically, yeah, you would ha already have like dozens and dozens of orcs all over the place. So your numbers should be looking more like they were 50-55. And then... I'm not talking about the fragility of the army. And then you're just weighting them down through numbers. And then the idea is like, okay, well, if I wanted to shoot at my opponent, they'd have to come to me because I have the siege bows. And then if they wanted to shoot back, well, I have a horde. So I really don't care about damage, but you really care <laughs> like about being <laughs> shot back. And so that's the, the inherent problem I see is that the, the structure of the list, if you're going for three siege bows, in my opinion, I think you would have been far better off Taking the Witch King, maybe reducing his role completely down, uh, and then uh, just spamming out orcs and seeing if you could get yeah. to that 50, 55, even more number. Gertz is great because even though your siege bows don't scatter around, you know, Gertz can keep your army kind of uh, protecting the siege bows, um, you know, in Maelstrom missions. But other than that, yeah, I, I think it's the Witch King's warband that defeats this list, mm. <laughs> to be honest. I mean, like, even, even if you were playing against High Elves, High Elf lists, which has a lot of really expensive models, will probably hit, like, 35, 36 models by itself. And yeah. all of those models are far more superior than yours. Yeah. I mean, like, if you compare it to a High Elf list, actually, a High, a high Elf list at 700 points is probably going to be 39. Probably Usually that's what it is. Sure, yeah. It's, yeah, it's always 39, because if you think about it, it's three warbands filled up with a hero of fortitude. Now that was in the old game. Those that's how that math tended to work out. Now you have heroes of legend and all that. Like they may even have a few more. Um, so it's just, people tend to take more expensive heroes now, which kind of brings it back to the 39 number often. In fact, um, in, uh, in fact I just thought um, a 500 point ranger list is going to have 36 models. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, he's he's pretty screwed against Rangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, I mean, in a sense, a 500-point Ranger list might even have a pretty good chance against a 700-point list. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think the list is trying to. So, Avery, I'm not. You know, obviously, you heard uh, Nick's statistics, and you've heard Matt's uh, reasons for why you this these things suck. But if you're really, really intent on bringing three siege bows just for the lols. Then I would recommend at least give yourself a game, and and, and break the Witch King's warband mm. into a, a horde, um, mm -hmm. and distribute that across the existing warbands that you already have. How many points is this Witch King? So it's so I think I added it up correctly. I think it's one hundred and eighty-five, if I'm correct. Right. Yeah. So I, mean, I think you, yeah, I think you I, you could drop them down to a horse instead of the fell beast. I would drop it even further than that. I don't I, even know if I'd take the Witch King in this list. Well, yeah. see, that's what my, I had a thought process of. Maybe you do like someone like the Undying on Horse kind of a thing, or maybe you take like the Shadow Lord or some something along that lines for 130, you know, save 50 points there. And then I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. Maybe you drop the Moranans down to regular orcs with spear, and then you get, I believe, 24 points. 20, well, oh, if you drop the, the Moranin with banners, well, it's 27 extra points. So you've essentially saved yourself, I believe, what is that, 77 points to use towards Warriors? 
I mean, how many points is Gorath? He's like 80? Yeah. Uh, and is he, is he a hero, hero of Valor or Fortitude? Fortitude. Okay, yeah. so, well, if, if you were to drop into either Mouth of Sauron, if you, if you wanted some magic, then you could drop it to, to Mouth of Sauron. That would give you 100 points to basically fill up with, like, 15 more orcs. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could drop to Gorth and, and, and do the same, although, although you probably can't fill up. Well, more. are you okay? Well, actually, you know what? Gorth, actually, when you think about it, it not in terms of being broken, but in terms of actually losing victory points because he can't really be killed that easily mm, yeah. because of the special rule, it's actually a pretty genius idea to have him as your general just because mm. anytime he takes a wound, oh, two plus, sacrifice the guy, he's alive. The only problem you'll have at this point is you drop him down to Goroth and all that. You you won't have a hero that can actually kill no, any heroes. No, and, that, and that's true. No. And, that, and yep. so at that yeah, but point, that's what the siege bows are gonna do, Devin. You can <laughs> general, you can take him out. There's no heroes for you to, to worry about anymore. I just want to say Goroth is great at killing troops. Avery, I thought the whole trip. I tried in that Baradur episode. I tried to say, you know, hey, these might have a use, and then. Mick had to go use all of his math nonsense and prove it wrong. <laughs> yeah. and I just, I don't like this. I mean, no. it's not like, it, you know, when it works, it's going to work. Like, you yeah. know, when you actually have the three siege bows set up and you hit these lines just right, you'll, you'll be knocking stuff down. It'll slow the army down in general. I mean, when it works, it'll be fun. But yeah. It, yeah. Also, <laughs> this is actually one of those lists where you might, let's say, uh, game one of like a large tournament end up playing against someone who's like a favorite to win like the Jay Claire or the Ed Ball type person and just randomly roll really well and just like completely destroy them <laughs> and then you might You're end the up losing the next, the next six rounds they'll fight, a, <laughs> fight a Rivendell night list and get all hits and it'll just start yeah. blowing off the horse it'll just be winning games left and right um, yeah I mean Avery, that's my advice anyway. Just, yeah, just bulk out the list. Um, Goroth is not a bad shout, but just you, you'll probably need other things, maybe a Wraith, maybe Mouth Siren, whatever but that can... Are you guys... Now, are you guys more on... Like, you know how he has the, the eight Black Numenorians, the eight Moranians, and, like, the nine Moranians, basically? Would you rather that be downgraded to just all regular... Oh, yeah, I was saying strip it down to... to completely. Orders. Completely. Get rid yeah. of Okay. Well, if he just bulks out on numbers and makes an absolute horror, he might find himself getting three solid heroes mm-hmm. um and i have to do the math on this but if he if he does it right he'll have three like so he'll have gurts Kardish, mm-hmm. goroth and something else or like the mouth and something else but then all his troops break down he'll have like 60 models plus four heroes and three siege bows at that point he's winning he's trying to win battles through attrition Mm-hmm. Um, just through weight of because I mean the thing is it's a dice game and your opponent will eventually roll badly if you fight elite heavy armies and you fight them one on one like elves like you have sixty five models and they have thirty nine they're gonna break down because they're just gonna start losing fights um, as long as you can actually wound them so with your orcs I'd probably arm them all with axes <laughs> or picks mm-hmm. so. So, because they have to break through that defense six. All right. But, so, so, if I so can break back what in. What do you here. guys? Um, yep. Um, all right. So, I, I've looked at the FAQs. And so, the answer. So, I originally went delving into this to figure out if you could scatter um, the shot onto somebody who is not in line of sight of the siege engine. And the answer is, shmaybe. <laughs> um, the rule was not as I uh, 
not as I remembered it. There, so there is an FAQ thing here that says, if a shot from a siege engine scatters, can you scatter onto a model that is out of its maximum range or one that is out of sight, out of line of sight? Uh, this is in the FAQ to the rule book, by the way. And the answer is yes. However, if the model is out of line of sight, then it can only be scattered onto if the siege engine has the volley fire special rule. Um, so it seems like you can't uh, scatter onto somebody who's out of line of sight. However, there's another FAQ uh, a little earlier that says, when firing a siege engine, do I draw a line of sight from the crew or from the siege engine itself? And the answer is from any member of the crew, a siege engine doesn't have eyes after all. Note that when determining in the ways, the shot will come from the siege engine and not the crew. So the question is, what do you do if you have somebody who's in line of sight of a member of the crew, but not, but is completely blocked from the actual siege engine? Do you treat that thing as a line, as just another obstruction? You call a referee. <laughs> yeah, I, th I, th I think that's right. Um, so, so who knows what the answer to that question is? It is kind of a it is kind of an odd case. Um, so, there is the, there's another explanation of how ballistae are supposed to work that ha that the, and this is in the um, the Armies of the Lord of the Rings book uh, FAQ. And this says, how exactly do dwarf ballistae work when they target a battlefield target? And it takes you through a bunch of steps, all of which I assume, uh, there, there's nothing here that's particular to the dwarf ballistae because the dwarf ballistae works the same way as say the Urukai siege ballistae or um, the siege bow. Um, so you roll to hit and scatter is normal. If a scatter hits a combat, roll to see which model in the combat is hit the same way as a shooting attack. Then you make in the ways. So it, it seems pretty clear from this that one thing you can do is you can scatter this onto a target that has like six enemy models between you and the siege weapon. And then the siege weapon has to, has to try and get through all of them in order to hit. So scattering onto a target that is obscured by your opponent's models is still a perfectly viable strategy. So, sorry. So I would say in that yeah. case, uh, if you were... Let's say your orcs were seeing something. No, uh, sorry. If your orcs were not able to see, but your siege bow could hit it, then you then you can't scatter onto it. But if your orcs could see it, but your siege bow can't draw a line, then you can scatter onto it. But the uh, but the line goes through walls and other things. Well, so it, it depends which. So if your orcs can't see it, but the siege bow can, you can't shoot because you have no line of sight. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's the answer to the first question. Um, the answer to the second question, which is orcs can see siege bow can't, that's the question where we don't know. Well, I would, then, um, I would then just say, well, the line of the shot is, is from the siege bow. So that's your line, but the vision the comes, vision comes from a different place. <laughs> I, I think I'd rule that the shot yeah. would be blocked. Like it's just, that, that's right. But, but the question then becomes, can you scatter onto that guy in the first place? If you can see him. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so, because you've seen the target. You, I suppose there's an order of operations I'd have to read. I'm not sure how often this will come up <laughs> in a game, but... I, actually, uh, this is a... All right. Well, with this list, it will come up often. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, also, I, I should mention, just while I have it on my mind, Avery uh, 
keep in mind when you re- listen to our Barador episode, there's one big factor about Barador that is not present in this list, and that is you can't break. So if you saw like our list being really small in numbers, because I just thought of that, like if you saw like, oh, well, you had 36 models and 700 points. Well, yeah, but like I wouldn't be worried about what your model count is at that point, you know? So at that point, your whole army is just there to supplement Sauron. Yeah, there's so, also Sauron in it. It does also have Sauron. <laughs> but, uh, but, but he might think of like, oh, well, the Witch King and all the Moranans and stuff could substitute as Sauron. Um, you know, just kind of the equivalent hitting power. But you still break. Whereas in Sauron's army, you don't. So the numbers don't matter anymore. The model count doesn't. So um, I think at this point, I mean, but oh, go wait, ahead. wait, 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 there's more. <laughs> yeah. So it's not an so, FAQ. Right. <laughs> so, well, yeah, well, yes. <laughs> um, so this is, this is a different issue. It does relate to the siege bows and it's, it's one that, you know, has kind of given me a question mark before and then they tried to clarify it and then they unclarified it. Um, so anyway, I want to get your guys take on this. Uh, so one of these steps in the FAQ for the Dwarf Ballistae uh, is once you have worked out which bottle is hit, they suffer a strength nine hit. If the hit, mo- hit model was in a fight, then all models in the fight will also suffer a strength nine hit and be knocked prone if they have a strength of five or lower. Mm. Um, does that mean they are also auto-killed, which is usually what happens if you Oh, yeah, because they all become the target. Yeah. No, I think there was an FAQ regarding that because there was that was brought up a lot. Because yeah. they all become the target, then therefore they should all be auto-killed. So this um, is the FAQ you were talking about. If the siege engine hits a combat, will every model in the combat count as being hit by the initial shot, or will only the model that is hit directly count as being hit by the initial shot? Answer, only the model that is directly hit. Yeah. But wait a minute. The initial shot is what gives the strength nine hit, which this other FAQ said everybody takes. Yeah, but well, also also the initial shot means that you also get to get flung away. And so if yeah. you were if you were to apply the initial shot thing, then the whole combat would the get whole group would fly away. away in like in different directions too. Yeah, they're not. So that FAQ, I remember bringing this up because we had it come up in our local mm. store, and that FAQ was written, I believe, as a result because we submitted it as, as a question and essentially that's how they, how they, how I yeah. interpret it is that only they, the initial, they don't fly away because if you go to the next bullet on this dwarf ballista checklist of things to do, the next bullet says if the target, if the target, if the model that was hit has a strength five or lower then they are flung away. So that that's not the issue. I guess where we're coming out on this is that everybody in the combat takes a strength nine hit, but only the target that was hit yeah. actually dies. I think the strength nine hit is a separate effect being applied, but it doesn't change the original target. It's just, hey, okay. if you happen to hit, it just happens to be the same number, which is nine, but I don't think it actually, they don't all become the original target all of a sudden. So yeah. this is this okay. actually God, where... God, uh, what a mess. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is actually where things like, let's say, um, the Great Beast of Gorgoroth gets slightly, slightly confusing in that, let's say you have a siege bow and, you, and, and your Great Beast is surrounded by, by 15 models. You fire a siege bow into, into that combat, you hit one of those models, then all of them get the strength nine hit. But then I always wondered... Does the does the beast itself then get a strength nine hit and die if 
uh, if this is like the the initial target sort of sort of. Well, sort no, because the initial target would be one of the guys surrounding. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. So therefore, he would take a strength nine hit, but wouldn't die from it. Yeah, so this is like actually well, you should fire all your siege bows into a great beast. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 no, because if the siege, if the siege, if the great beast is in combat with somebody, the first thing you're going to do, according to this chart, is you roll you, once you have worked out. Uh, let's see. Let's. By the way, uh, viewers, you if you thought roll, you were going to hear five lists today, <laughs> yeah. you were wrong. You roll to see which model in the combat is hit in the same way as a shooting attack. So first, yes. you roll good or evil. Right. Yes. So if you rolled evil, the great beast itself is hit and it dies. It dies, yeah. Um, but if you if rolled you rolled good, good though, then that good guy is the one that dies, and the great beast, according to what we just said, and then the great beast takes a strength nine hit. But if that is a wound, he doesn't die. He just takes that's right one wound. But then yeah. if the if the great beast is then surrounded by let's say ten models, all of those models get get a strength nine hit. But they yeah. don't automatically yes. die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other right. models don't die either. Yeah, because I was, right. I was also thinking here in this specific army, there is potentially a situation where you could do with a great beast instead of the witch king. But just well, the thing is, don't actually fire your. You don't want to fire them into the great beast combat because if you scatter onto them, you just wipe your great beast out. <laughs> so, I mean, I wouldn't actually recommend this. <laughs> so if we if we want to stick to because I I know that they he had mentioned that he wanted to try and you know keep the witch king in his list. I know we had talked about you know Goroth kind of uh, okay. if we if if yeah. we wanted to keep the witch king in the list, what do you recommend for him? Um, probably you'd have to bring him down from the fell beast. You probably could just downgrade the troops in his warband and get a lot of numbers anyway, mm -hmm. but you're not going to get nearly as many. From there, you could downgrade the Witch King to on horse. He's actually pretty effective on horse, and uh, you're not going to be as tempted to throw him into combat, which means all 12 will is devoted towards spell casting, uh, which is then plenty. So Mick earlier said, add more will, add more fate, because he's going to be in combat. Well, now he's not going to be. Well, I mean, unless the model's transfixed or something. Um, so at that point, you can keep the Witch King. I just think on Felbeast might be a bit excessive when your just numbers too are too low. Yeah. yeah. Plus you, now, and, there, and there, there was one more uh, final thing as well, which was, I, we didn't talk about this. There are four war riders with shield and throwing spears. Are you guys happy with the number of Cav? And then do you it's keep probably the one spears? too many, to be honest. And I would, I would get rid of the throwing spears personally. Um, I don't think they're necessary. Yeah, you could I think do the war like another war. Yeah, that, that's, well, they're one point apiece on these guys. They're slightly discounted. But it is almost another word. I, I do think he could get rid of him without any issue, though. Yeah, because he could just rely on the shooting from the three siege bows. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so, so this list reminds me of a joke. Um, I think where, most. Of, uh, go ahead. Well, so so uh, you know, you you've got somebody who's like a worker in the store, and he turns to his boss and he says, "Boss, we're selling these widgets at." at nine dollars each but it costs us ten dollars to to purchase them how are we ever going to make money the boss's response is volume we're going to make money with volume and, and that's the problem with this list <laughs> <laughs> so you know what avery i appreciate that you are trying to make something that i hope becomes meta work even though it won't ever become meta unless something changes in the rules yeah, but please the next tournament winner 
Yeah. <laughs> please please right. let us know if you do ever take this to a tournament or just play against a friend with it. I'd love to hear how the Siege uh, bows do along with the list if you take any of our um, thoughts into consideration with changing the list and, and let us know how that does. Um, we're going to move on to the second list for today, which is a Lothlorien list. So I will move that over to Matt. All right. So this is a list from Mike Patrick. And this is a Lothlorien list green ally with Rivendell. It's an 800-point list. And in Warband 1, he has Celeborn with armor, sword, and shield, uh, a Gladrum standard bearer. It does not say if the Gladrum standard bearer is armed with anything. Uh, six Gladrum with sword and shield, four Gladrum with bow and spear, and three Gladrum court guard. Uh, Warband number two is Haldir with heavy armor and bow, five Gladrum with sword and shield, four Gladrum with bow and spear, and three Gladrum court guard. Warband number three is Gildorin Glorian, interestingly enough, with three Noldor exiles with bow. Um, I'm going to pause here because I'm not sure if this is legal. Uh, couldn't you only have at most one Noldor exile with yeah, bow? Yeah, because the, the bow limit splits across the, yeah. the different factions. Yeah, so. Yeah. Right. So, so, Mike, what we're talking about here is you need to have one third of your Lothlorian guys, no more than one third of your Lothlorian guys armed with bow. And no more than one third of your Rivendell guys armed with bows. So the most you, you can have throwing daggers. You could give them throwing daggers. Well, so we'll talk about some options with with Warband number three in a second. But that that's an identified issue. Uh, Warband number four is Orifim, um, or Orifin, who's a Gladrum captain on a horse with sword and shield, and he has three Gladrum knights with shield. It comes out at 800 points, 36 models, uh, which is a little light for 800 points, but that can often happen with Lothlorien. 11 bows plus Haldir. The goal is a come and get me with two bigger phalanxes and two static flanking forces that can move fast for hit and run or objective capturing. Gildor is kind of squishy, no kidding, but is intended to move and distract and maybe immobilize a wandering hero or small band. Knights are for the same purpose, but mostly to move, distract, and possibly capture. Okay, so... Um, you missed the part where he said he watches the Lord of the Rings podcast over 10 times, no joke. That's... A true fan. Love this guy already. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and he also notes that Haldir can be exchanged for Rumil without a hitch. Um, let me just go through some quick thoughts before I turn over the floor. Uh, first is you've got six Galadrim Court Guard here. I would suggest putting four Galadrim Court Guard in one Warband and two in the other. Just so that way, if you want to, instead of putting one Galadrim Court Guard behind a Gladrum with sword and shield, you can put two in certain places if necessary. Because remember, they do have pikes, so you can stack those particular guys too deep. Um, I would, it, uh, unless you have done it and um, uh, have just not recorded it on the sheet, I would definitely give both a shield and a spear to the Gladrum standard bearer. Um, you can figure out where to get two points to do this. Uh, and then we have the Gildor and Glorian issue. Um, you could change two bows to uh, throwing daggers. They cost the same. Um, and, and, and so I think that I, I'm fine with this list, but for the Gildor and Glorian. Um, and I guess there's three options here. One is you could keep Gildor and Glorian and you just change two bows to throwing weapons. Um, and then you have a bunch of kind of squishy eight inch moving guys that can run around and hide behind terrain. The problem is once you drop two guys, Gildor and Glorian doesn't have a bow. Uh, 
once you drop two Noldor exiles to not having bows, their ability to actually influence the battlefield from distance decreases significantly. So option two would be to change Haldir and Warband 2 to Rumiel. As you note, they can be swapped out. Uh, then change Gildor and Glorian to Haldir with an elven cloak and a bow. I think you'd have to find five points somewhere. Um, three points would be from changing those Noldor exiles to just ordinary wood elves with bows. And I think that you could do um, because then everybody's Lothlorien. I think you have enough bow slots to do that. Um, and so that saves you three points. You need to find two points somewhere else to do that. And then you've got, then you have kind of the same harassment warband. You lose the magic. Um, you're getting an extra shot out of Haldir with the extra expert shot. You lose the eight inch move. Um, but it's not clear to me that that's key. Uh, but then you do have this kind of small little warband of guys with elven cloaks and bows that can go and hide inside a terrain piece and just shoot at it and harass and make people come and dig them out or get, you know, sit on an objective in woods and just shoot out of it. Um, the other thing you could do with warband three is you could just delete it entirely. I think that gives you 103 points that you could then spend to fill out Orifin's warband with more guys. Um, and maybe you throw a second banner in there that might be a useful thing to have in an all elf list. Um, maybe you just kind of bulk it out. Um, so he's got maybe four knights and eight guys on foot with another phalanx. Um, but that's my option number three. All right. <clears throat> so, all right. I'm kind of, I'm glad he, uh, Mike never said he really was, wanting Gildor. I'm not seeing a place where you, I mean, he, I guess it was just part of a flanking force. Honestly, I agree with Matt. Just delete Gildor's warband, and if you really, really want that flanking force, that double flanking force, then just add a few more Cav. Um, I, I, by the way, uh, for the record, I don't suggest having five Cav or six Cav, <laughs> but if that's what your goal is, then then you can fly, double flank with them and such. Um, I do understand the desire though to have that a second to mobilize because does Caliborn have a mobilize? Yep. Yes. So you have that second to mobilize to really make sure a hero goes down. So that's something that I can imagine you really want in the list. Um, especially when you have, you know, it seems like he's pretty well equipped to deal with heroes. He's got Halder with strike, Caliborn yep. with strike, uh, Orphan really the only one who can't. Um, but he's fight six on a horse, so he could if he wanted to. Yeah, he could. And we call him Orphan, but obviously he's glad from Captain. Um, he's got a name. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so realistically, I mean, the desire to have a fourth hero, I can also really understand. I suppose if I were to swap out Gildor, which is a random third hero, I'm kind of wondering if you should stick a full off Lorien and, and skip this double flank idea. Because to be honest, that that Noldor exile flank is going to fold like in a turn. <laughs> it's, it's going down pretty fast. Well, unless it's in models. like a building or something like that. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I think it's not exactly much of a flank force when it's hiding inside a building. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you anchor your flank on a building. I mean, if if there was a terrain piece on which you could anchor a flank, like a building or mm. woods or something like that, then I think this is a this is a viable way to do it. I mean, there there is something to be said in this list for having a couple guys with elven cloaks that do nothing but mm. stand on an objective and sh and shoot out a uh, a a, sh a a three plus shot every turn. I am so, so oh, sorry. So I'm so, so I'm wondering because um, he's saying here about how Gildor is like the second immobilize immobilize a wandering here or a small band, and I'm just thinking, okay, well, obviously. Um, Gildor himself is not is 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 not that great, and this uh, Noldor exiles uh, thing. We're all thinking about getting rid of, rid of it. But I was just looking at the uh, at one of the models which nobody really likes in Lothlorien lists, which is a Galadrim uh, Stormcaller. And so, if you really want to have like a second sort of effective immobilize, then the Cold Winds is not such a bad idea, I think. Um, you don't really, uh, uh, you don't really have to like get a uh, get any more models within the Zorban. In fact, in fact, he's ten points cheaper. Um, and if you if you were to really go for something where you just want to double be uh, to be double immobilizing somebody, then going immobilize and then knock down, or try to knock down and then immobilize, might also kind of give you this similar sort of effect. Actually, kind of interesting thought. It's like one of the worst models in the game. Yeah. We're actually like, <laughs> like but so is Gildor and Glorian. So yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> It'd be a yeah. step up. Yeah, well, I'm so just thinking like it wouldn't save him twenty points. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Jeez. but like since like the 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 star color is just so bad because um, it's a minor hero, but in this case, you, like you're only bringing three models in this warband anyway, so you don't really care. The effect is. Kind of the same, potentially even better because because it's a knockdown, and you can just randomly get rid of some some uh, some hero and just and just put him away for like a turn or two, or the banner. You know that could be another or a banner, yeah. Um, and uh, then and then the other spell is Enchanted Blades, which actually works with Caliborn too. Yes, yes, and then yeah, I mean, Enchanted Blades on Caliborn is disgusting. The only issue, I guess, is the Stormcaller doesn't have the Elven Cloak, so he can't kind of lurk the same way Gildor does. Mm -hmm. Um. If if someone's focusing on the stormcaller, then you're doing everything right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Um, I don't know. I I still think the idea of finding five points somewhere, turning Gildor into Haldir, and um, turn Haldir into Romil in the middle of Warband Two is probably a better. If you want to keep four heroes, is probably the better way to go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. just thinking like. If if you really want to have the second immobilized, then I think Stormcaller might be better. But I think ultimately, so, I, don't, I don't think you want it. The only thing is, you lose the fight six, so you lose the two attacks. So Gildor is, and what does he have? Herc March. He does have March. Yeah. 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 So Gildor, but he's got a captain. So yeah. he does have a captain. So he did, yeah, the March is irrelevant. But the two attacks, he keeps the point of might, which is you know okay, fair. Well, you know, uh, he has defense as well. So, like, if he gets into a situation where he feels like he's going to die, he can just basically waste a turn. Because he is still fight six at strength four with yeah. two attacks. Which, honestly, in his case, I think I would use his might only for heroic defense. Yeah, I think, I think I would save it for Unless heroic. that captain is a pure combat role. Yeah. Um, mm. 
it's interesting. Yeah, I guess there's some merits both ways. Um, I can see the shout out for call wins because actually one thing I do like about it is, you know, it will at least knock you down if, and, and, and then they kind of have to bunch people behind their guys so it doesn't blow away. Um, so if, let's say, your opponent's playing some sort of fell beast or something, then... That's going to yeah, be a very threatening like, model. Yeah, then. Yeah. That's, a, I mean, that's the most annoying. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, well, Even, um, you're just not doing anything so, for, for, for the whole game. And then I mean, you just a like... A mounted model. Like, yeah. Yes. I, on the other hand, um, remember, this is, this is a 103 point warband and there are slots in this army if you make warband three go away to fill those up yeah well i think where you still could a viable get, option I, I mean but you could you could turn this into a 46 model army mm-hmm. of elves and True. that i think that's a viable that's, way that's to go better yeah I mean, that, that probably actually would work better than a fourth hero to be honest I, like I said in the Galadrium, I, I've I play this list a lot. I play I play against this list a lot, and so my my number one recommendation would be what Matt said. And I think you always want to maximize as many elf warriors as you can, mm-hmm. because when you kind of get a horde at fight five, defense six, it becomes at a point where you go, my heroes almost all have heroic defense. So for example, if you wanted, um, if you went into a three hero situation, I would actually go with Rumil over Haldir. Because the heroic defense in this list is the exact same as a heroic strike. Because at the end of the day, they strike, you call defense, they need natural six to wound you. And if you win the fight, then you're hitting them anyway. And the ability to make people re-roll dice is huge. So if you go to three heroes, I would recommend Rumil over Haldir. If you want to stick with four heroes, then... I was I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. If you kept Gildor in this list, I would actually get rid of the Galadrim Knights completely. And the reason I'd say that is because if you made the Noldor exiles with Gildor's uh, warband, then you kind of get that not super fast, of course, but you get a bunch of um, movement eight guys. So you still kind of get that movement feature. And obviously they're only defense three, which is a little bit, but you also increase your bow limit a little bit. So if you wanted that four hero kind of bunch, then you can get, add more numbers to this list. Maybe make it like 39, 40 if you get enough points from the... Because the knights are 19 points a piece. So you can get like anywhere from probably four to six oh. more models for the Noldor Exiles added into this. Um, and so you have a movement of eight, group of eight. And then you'd also have, you know, let's say you had Haldir with Celeborn with a Galadrim Captain on horse. And then you had Gildor. So you have two magic users. You have a little bit of movement from your Wood Elves. You have more bows. You have three, to be fair, three decent... Actually, Gildor can do a little bit of damage himself against regular troops. So you kind of have this four-hero, good-might source kind of situation where you have nine might, you have a couple hitting heroes, you have you know a bunch of Galadrim Court Guard to support if you need extra attacks... You have the movement from the. I just think that if you're if you want to stick with Gildor in the list, I think I'd rather use the points from the Galadrim Knights towards the Noldor Exiles upgraded to have more movement from what else and get the numbers up a little bit. Mm. But I think I always think personally with Galadrim to do as many, you know, shield and spear as possible. 
Yeah, I, mean, I kind of rate the Gladium Knights over the Exiles. Personally. I kind of, uh, kind yeah. of would too, just because yeah. it's nice to have guys that can knock other guys down. But yeah, I, it's a way to go. I mean, you do get more of them. You can probably get more traps by running around the outside. I feel like the goal is to get more troops. Deleting Gildor's warband is probably a better option. Yeah, and, yeah. and I still think having, I think Galadrim is always, and unless they do something different, will always be a three warband optimized list where you can't really get more than three heroes into the list. Well, I mean, Mick but, just came up with a cool like storm. Yeah, stormcaller. <laughs> well, the yeah, and, and the stormcaller can it can definitely add that kind of, but. Whenever, whenever I play any, regardless of if it's the one specific person I play or if I played someone in a tournament, I always just feel like if they had more elves, I would be really much more scared of that. that Same, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's always a big, big worry. Like if there's fifty elves out, out there and you only have like forty orcs, exactly. Yeah, you just look like looking at the game and like, okay, how the hell am I? Yeah, exactly, this is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if they can do the thing that they're not supposed to do, which is horde. Yeah. On defense yeah. six, fight five, courage five models. How like yeah, definitely. what do you do there? Yeah, with with you know, some of them have Galadrim Court Guards, so they're exactly six models mm -hmm. behind them. Yeah. Well, let me ask a meta question on this, because he does say the goal here is a come and get me army. Mm -hmm. Can is it possible in today's meta to do a come and get me army without blinding light? Because he does not have that here because Galadriel I would say without Galadriel, no. It, he, I don't think I think he's a middle of the road shooting army right now because what do you got ten yeah. shots? Uh, okay, okay. 11, eleven if you eleven plus Heldir. Eleven. Well, no, plus but it would go down because of the Noldor. Exile. No, no, no. But we're counting that right, like because he's got Galadrim. He's got four. He's got eight bows on the Galadrim. Then yeah. Haldir, That's ten shots. And then, then he's got an eleventh one. one because of the yeah. Noldor. So we're counting yeah. that. So it's eleven. 11 so yep. I mean, with eleven without blinding light, he's only out shooting those who didn't have that much bow fire mm -hmm. anyway. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of any other list that like would just be able to shoot back. And it, I mean, unless your list is like if you're playing Minas Tirith and you have for some reason like I don't know six Citadel Rangers Guard of Gondor or something or Citadel Guard, then yeah, you're getting outshot by this list. But then in that case, you're probably getting outshot most times anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you think about it like this, right? So a Harad list will probably have double the amount of bows. Oh, I think Harad would outshoot this guy. Well, so this is the interesting thing. So they shoot on a less, on a four, so they hit half of them, so they'd hit 12, let's say, on average. And it only wound on sixes, so they're doing two wounds, whereas, you know, if you took... Well, they're, they're, they're re-rolling the, the remaining... Re-rolling the ones, well, the, yeah. but that might only oh, do one extra Another wound. one, so like, yeah. So, so, so you might be getting, like... Two or three. Uh, two and a half-ish, like two yeah. and a third, yeah. But the, the, if the, um, if the uh, elves shot back at you, they're mm -hmm. probably going to be doing two or three. But yeah, because they... Sure, yeah, but, but, there's, but there's about 30 models. Yeah, that's Harad, true. So. <laughs> Harad, yeah, Harad would win that. You're right. Yeah. That's my bad. Yeah, because when you factor in who can shoot, I'll shoot who, there's not just defense, but numbers. Who, who can handle more losses? Mm -hmm. And yep. Harad, theoretically, at 800, if not spending too much pence on heroes yeah it can it can handle the losses actually you know uh, what um, um if you if you had like a, a horde gondor list and you decided to go with um citadel guard at bows i mean their defense five they have strength three bows they could probably they could probably um outshoot them as well so i mean there, there are things that 
even without blinding light, we'll outshoot this. So I, I, I agree with Devin where I think it's kind of like a, maybe above well, Matt, Matt raised the point. That, oh, Matt. Uh, oh, well, he made raised the point of you can't outshoot without blinding light. I said yeah. that you're kind of a middle of the road. Yeah, I think it's, I think of. it's slight, I think it's slightly above middle of the road for yeah. without blinding light. I, I guess the larger meta question is in today's meta and the way the rules are structured now, is it possible to have a competitive list that A, does not have blinding light, and B, is not the Rangers of Athelion, Legendary Legion, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the uh, our Harad shooty list, Corsairs, or something with a bunch of siege weapons. So if you're not one of the shooty armies in the game, is it possible to be a shooty army? Yeah, is, is it, 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 it... Well... Is it is it possible to be competitive unless you're a a really shooty army or b a non shooty army with blinding light? That's well, the question. The question, interesting. Or, which we com- don't need to answer today. I just want to throw it out there and have we, people think about it. Yeah, but but this is a good question. I'll, I'll ask you three. Would you take well, a, there's a list? There's lots of armies that have won without any shooting yeah. at all. What like what what is an army that you guys would take to a tournament that wouldn't? I mean, geez, like are we, there's like thirty nine factions, and I feel like yeah. half of them are not even shooting armies. Like you can easily, yeah. But has yeah. somebody won in the current meta where where Rangers yeah. are I mean, now a thing? With I, mean, I blinding without blinding light in that list that doesn't shoot. Yeah, I mean, I I can name. Um, so it, it depends on what kind of tournaments we're going to name, but if we're going to think of competitive ones and only ones that i've seen mick you may know some other but i'm like in the gbhl because we well, keep in mind we've only had like one year of tournaments so it's not like there's been that we haven't even had an article with the current meta like yet nine, so, nine months of a pandemic also yeah so, <laughs> so we haven't yeah, had no, that much game time but I, i'm not saying there's data available yeah. to answer this question but yeah it's just it's just but, a trend i have noted in a list that we have jay claire just got oh he got second technically but no, didn't he win with a Dunlending force? He won with the Dunlending, or no, he got second. Yeah, in the 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 Warhammer World GT, he was playing a Dunlending, um, uh, and he was playing the Legion from Helm's Deep. But that's yeah. a shooty list. So, but that doesn't have blinding light in it. But it is a shooty list. It's it is a shooty list. Yeah. I, I mean, so, I would I would include in the shooty list like the Assault on Helm's Deep list, the Defenders. Well, list. I mean, we... Jay won with the Dunlending. Legion. He, All right. Mean, that's Are we including example. in this mix? Because I mean we, that that's like an obvious like no shooting, no blinding light kind of list where it's just. I, I mean, I feel like because I know we talk about Galvanton all the time, but does that not solve the answer of is there an army where? Yeah, so maybe that does. You just ha- you just have so many guys that you can't. So maybe Horde is the option. Well, I don't, really I'm not. I mean, Goblin Town is more going for it than that. Otherwise, Ruffians would be a tournament list, you know, every time. But yeah, but um, Ruffians can't support, so that's the difference. So like, well, you can't well, have the Goblin King. Ruffians don't have, don't have any heroes. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. Have, yeah. Well, they do. They have well, they seven do, really but, shit but, ones. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the, don't you the put answer is, on the answer is not. <laughs> the answer is not just you have so many guys that they can't all be shot down. You you do actually have to have a list underneath all those guys yeah. that can win. Yeah, uh, which Goblin Town does, and the Ruffians don't. Yeah, but um, so. But uh, so I guess I guess Goblin Town is kind of one answer to that. But I mean, Goblin Town, I think, as we've discussed, is kind of a broke list on a different level. Mm -hmm. Um, 
haven't removed so I'm not sure down that answers the my question. List. I mean, honestly, like uh, we, we, this is definitely going to go into a topic way away from Rivendellis, <laughs> but, but yeah. so I guess, like Matt said, this is probably a subject unto its own. Um, but I suppose for this Galadrim list, we gave him quite a few options. Mm-hmm. Which... I've got two more, two more ideas for this for this list. Oh, very, right. very short ones. You're definitely not getting the five <laughs> lists. <laughs> oh, I mean, we'll be fine. We've got a whole um, hour to do three lists. We're doing. <laughs> I mean, so if you really wanted the Blinding Light and you didn't want Galadriel and you wanted to keep Gildor, then uh, Cairdon costs the same as your Galadriel captain. And being a minor hero with Gildor, you can include him. So that's one, that's one option. And the other thing was, um, if, you, if you were to delete Warband 3, then uh, get rid of the captain and put the knights into another Warband, you can have a Glorfindel or someone like that. So that, that, that then gives you another big hero. So I just thought I'd throw it in there just in case. Mm-hmm. And I think the main, so the main concern of all of us, did it sound like we're saying you need more elves? Yeah, yeah. it is, it is, it is. But so in, no more but elves in case, 800. Yeah, in, okay. case you, in case you choose not to have more elves, then yeah. these, these are yeah. the other Then you can so. either take a Stormcaller or Glorfindel. Or, yes. Yeah, Yeah. Um, so just have more elves. Probably, yeah, just... well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could do the Stormcaller. I, I, 36 models would have been fine if it wasn't 800 points. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've made a, I think I've made a list for Galadrim where I think I had almost 48, 49 elves and it was 800 points. So it's just one of those things where if, if you take at 800 points, almost 50 elves, a lot of people are going to look at that and go, all right, so he's got Celeborn who can heroic defense. He's got a great leader profile. You've got either Haldir or Rumil who can, you know, either fight or call her strikes and then add shots or whatever that may be. And then let's say you add a Galadrim captain on a sword and shield kind of situation on a horse. Well, then you've got another hitting power. Plus you have March. And then you kind of get that concept of like, it can kind of do everything that you need it to do. Or if you wanted to add Galadriel to this kind of a thing where, you know, maybe you lower your numbers a little bit, but you get magic. Plus, you get protection from shooting. I think he, I think he purposely did not want Galadriel. Yeah, it's so and, that, and that's Galadriel fine. You can do that with this list because it's all defense six, and you have really good shooting. So it, it'll still do well, and then you also get the high numbers. But I think that I think that's the main point is to add get as many elves in as you can um, to make it as hard as possible for most armies to fight against. Um, but Mike, let us know, uh, what you end up doing with this list. Um, if you take any of our thoughts into consideration, and I know you mentioned at the bottom, you'll, you're hoping to do well with it at an upcoming 800 point random match, uh, place scenario tourney. So let us know how you do with the list. If you take that and, um, and hopefully you'll win with it, uh, with our suggestions. Uh, we're going to move over to a couple of list reviews from the last episode, uh, so we're going to go over a 650-point Easterling list, a 800-point Easterling list, and then uh, I will do a 800-point mixed Condon Easterling list. Um, so I'll do the 650-point Easterling list first. So Matt, if you want to do that. Sure. Okay. So this is a 650-point Easterling list, and we wanted to get into these just so you, so listeners would have a sense of how the figures that we talked about last time might actually be used um, since we you know, kind of discussed tactics a bit, but not been, not any list organizations. So at 650 points, um, the uh, first warband in this list is uh, Kamuli Easterling on Felbeast. Um, and uh, he comes with all of his bells and whistles. In his warband 
is an Easterling warrior with um, pike, heavy armor, banner, and shield. And you want this banner around to give, as we discussed, Kamul an extra die uh, in the fight because he only gets two. He's not the Witch King. Uh, there are also four Easterling warriors uh, with uh, heavy armor and shield. Uh, there are uh, four, five Easterling warriors with pike heavy armor and shield, and then four black dragon warriors with pike heavy armor and shield, and then one black dragon cataphract who also has a drum. Um, so this is going to get you a nice uh, um, four or possibly five wide uh, phalanx of Easterlings with black dragons in the back rank. Um, Kamul to flap around and uh, kill heroes and uh, take stuff out. And also the black dragon cataphract or with the drum so that this phalanx can move nine inches. And Kamul, if you need him to, um, can go up to 17 inches, um, perhaps to compel then somebody into him and from 20 inches away. Warband number two is Andor, Lord of Blades, and he comes on his horse. And uh, with him are four Easterling warriors with pike, four Easterling warriors with uh, shield, and three black dragon pikemen um, with shield. So he gets another slightly smaller warband. No uh, banner here because Amdur himself is a banner. Um, and then with that are three black dragon cataphracts. Um, and that's the mountain contingent that's going to ride around with Amdur. They can, they can all bunch up together. So they increase their defense to uh, um, strength seven and strength six for their horses. Um, so the idea here is when this army deploys all of the things being equal, um, there will be, you know, th these two pike flank phalanxes will uh, sit next to each other so that you've got basically a nine figure wide, three deep uh, pike phalanx across the board. And either terrain's going to be on one side or Kamul's going to be on one side and Amdur and his cavalry contingent are going to be on the other side. And uh, Amdur and Kamul are the hammers, and the phalanxes are uh, the anvil that uh, sits in the middle. And you know, hopefully this whole thing can move around at at least nine inches a turn, get to some place where it can secure its flanks with uh, terrain and take on a portion of the enemy army and defeat it before the rest of the enemy army can, can, can run up and surround it. Um, yeah, the, the downside of this list is it's got it's only got five might. The only might that it has are in the two heroes. So it's going to be using its drum to move quickly and hopefully can get by minimizing the number of heroic moves that it needs to call. Um, because it can it can just sit there as a phalanx and say, Yeah, you charge me. And uh, then you wait and you commit Kamul, and then once Kamul commits, then you can do a couple of uh, quick heroic moves to take out the enemy heroes. That's the army. So I know you mentioned this, but just to recap, how, how many models did you say the entire army had? It has 31 models. So it is, it is like one figure below what you would expect average to be on this. At 650, you'd expect 32 or 33 models. 
and Amber Kamul. Amber and Kamul. So there's 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 two heroes in your in your list. Yep, there's two. There's yeah. the two heavy hitting heroes. Um, so I've run different variants of Easterlings at this low level, and the problem that I end up with is if I have one heavy hitting hero, and then like one or two smaller guys, the one or two smaller guys just aren't scary enough, and all the enemy's resources get focused on the one hitting hero, and he ends up being shut down. Um, and uh, and then, you know, kind of once the one heavy hitting hero is shut down, you aren't doing a lot of killing. I've really found that you need the two heavy hitting heroes um, so that if resources are focused on one, then the other can do the killing. Yeah, I think I, uh, I agree with that. And, and the other thing is, if you actually look at points of, of things like captains or dragon knights or war priests, um, taking, let's say, a uh, captain and a dragon knight is the same points as, as something like Amdur. So essentially, you're not really you're not really able to get any higher model count. Like you may be able to get away with like a couple of more, more models or something like that, but ultimately the sacrifice of the two smaller heroes, well, the the, the, uh, uh, the sacrifice of Amdur into the small two, two smaller heroes is just not worth the change. Really, I think if you're if you're taking the two smaller heroes, you're trying to get March for some yeah. reason, but then you have a drum. So well, yeah. or or just more might. I mean, that's yeah, the one. That's the one advantage of taking two smaller heroes. If you take it in place of Kamul, you can get four might instead of two might. Sure, um, but so two? You mean three? Well, Kamul's only got two. Oh, Kamul instead of Kamul. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, you lose, you lose magic and you lose, uh, flying monster. And I, I mean, I think the stuff that you lose in order to get that two extra might is not worth the two extra might. I think, I think ultimately in, in these Easterling lists, if you go in pure, you kind of have to aim to have both of these big guys. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise there isn't that much. There's choice. no real, yeah. I, think, I mean, Easterlings function on these two and that's it. Yeah. Unless you ally around. I mean, the, the, the one issue as well, usually with Easterlings is the lack of might mm -hmm. sometimes with this mm -hmm. list. So most of the time you'll have, for example, a captain, let's say at higher points, you'll have a captain, Iamder and Kamul. And so, you know, seven might isn't that great. And even at 800 points, you're probably sticking to a seven might because you want to increase your troops. So, I mean, that's always a big issue, but with Amder having the ability of um, to get Might back if he kills heroes, I mean, that's a huge thing for him as well. So mm -hmm. if you pair him with Kamul, not only are you taking out heroes, but then you're getting your Might back for whatever you did to take out those heroes. And him having the ability to get a free heroic strike if someone calls a strike, and then with him with an Elven Blade, it really saves him a lot in the long run. Um, Matt, yeah. how would you... How how would you? Um, I'm always curious to hear about how people use Kamul. How much of the will would you use towards magic? Would you say? So generally, I can I find I can get away with tossing one point of will out there on a spell a turn. Okay. Um, or and or one turn. It, it so if there's one of these potentially game winning compels that you can make to like get the, you know, get the the guy into position where you can do the hurl that's going to like knock the entire line off of their horses or knock all the key enemy heroes off their horses. Um, you basically, you, you can do that once. Um, Cause Kamul generally will, will break even as far as, as if you're sending him in against ordinary warriors, 
Um, he will generally break even on you know the will point expended for fighting versus getting the one will point back for doing a wound. He'll break even on that over time. So you've you've got your twelve points of will to spend, and you can either do that to like shoot out a, a one die transfix. And by the way, his his spell casting is is so crappy that yeah. Um, you really need, if you want to do a compel, you need to be throwing at least three will into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully four, if it's really a critical one. So basically you could kind of do that once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like, you're not, otherwise you're just throwing out the harassing transfix each turn on like a hero. Um, and if you happen to get it off, then, uh, then he's the guy you jump in on and you kill him that turn. Yeah, because I, I think I think a lot of I mean you guys may have differing opinions. I think Kamul's probably the second best ring wraith, just because a he has the ability to strike unlike any other wraith besides the Witch King, and also he kind of solves the one problem that a, a lot of ring wraiths have, which is, oh no, I'm running out of will. You know, I, I got to be more conservative. He goes, I'm going to kill three people, get all three of my will back, and he can go to fight six automatically if he needs to. So <coughs> I think he, I just in a list with Easterlings, a lot, sometimes people will consider, oh, you know, let me take three captains in Amder. And I just, you need someone like Kamul in this list to really push someone back and just go, okay, I've got something really serious to deal with. But then the, the will, and then the reason I asked for the will thing is because obviously he's such a bad caster and with him only having 12 will, you know, he probably has to use, uh, a will point when he's in combat and then you know how many will you so it's very interesting to always hear how people use kamul in terms of the will points um but any other thoughts i mean it's 650 okay. i mean it... uh mick we'll move it over t- thanks you're, you're <laughs> <in> <laughs> so everyone's talking <laughs> <laughs> i was like man that was <laughs> I, I, I don't I, I mean, yeah, I wasn't going to so, add yep. anything in particular, but uh, at 650, yeah, there's not well, there's not, not a so whole hell of a lot you can do with Easterlings to, other than pretty much do what you know, Matt did. It, Matt's list is probably one of the better ways you can do it. I mean, 5 cav, you can shrink it down and just get more infantry, but then yeah, I think you lose so much significant hitting power for the Easterlings that it's like, because you want more than just the heroes even deliver. Like, And plus, they protect Amder in a unique yeah. Yeah, they they protect Amdor in a unique way, and oh, yeah. you do want enough of these guys so that Amdor and a few of them can just kind of block off a front a flank of that phalanx. Yeah. Um. So that it can't be, it, it can't be kind of swept around, um, because you've you've got a pretty big phalanx block here that can get away with, um, you know, you you can just kind of throw that thing out there and, um, it. It, to a certain extent, you then no longer care about heroic moves. I mean, yeah, it's 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 great to have Amder get that extra die in combat, but the Phalanx itself, it, as long as it's being hit frontally, doesn't really care about heroic moves, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, and then you can, and that's another way to kind of save might on this army. If you you know if, if you're using Amder and Kamul on the flanks where they're not necessarily going to get surrounded and you're, you're kind of hitting the main enemy army with that phalanx, at least for the first couple turns, you don't worry about casting heroic moves. Let them come into you and uh, Amder and Kamul come in on a counter punch. So. Um, all right, Mick, I know you had an 800 point variation of this. So, well, this, so, so essentially, uh, the, the 800 point variant is essentially pretty much what Matt has plus a captain 
and some additional Easter links. So let me just read it out. So realistically, there's not many ways you can make an Easter link. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <sadly. laughs> um, so <laughs> it's under an armored horse, four Easter links with shields, four with uh, shields and pikes, three of which are, are upgraded to uh, black dragons, um, two Easter links with bows, three Easter links with bows and pikes. Can you have a pike and bow, by the way? I think you can, you, right? You can. I think. Yeah. They, yeah, get, no, they no. get a minus one on the dual roll, don't they? Yeah, I think they Did become I, cumbersome. I don't think uh, well, no, because, there's a cumbersome rule or something. Well, yeah, like, I'll, I'll look that uh, up. I think you they guys get minus keep talking one on the duel. Okay, well, if if that if you can't have a pike and a bow, I'll probably just go with pikes alone because uh, bows might not be that great. Um, anyway, so um, then there is one cataphract who's carrying a war drum. Um, then Kamul, uh, the Easterling of Felbeast. Um, leading uh, four Easterlings with shields, four with shields and pikes, all four upgraded. Um, then I had two cataphracts, um, two Easterlings with bows, and then three Easterlings with bows and pikes, and one of the Easterlings um, with shield and spear uh, uh, also, also carries banner. Um, and then we have. So, yep. J just before we go on, this is into, under the pikes rule, due to the fact that a pike requires. Requires the use of two hands to use it effectively. A model armed with a pike that is also equipped with a shield, bow, or crossbow suffers a minus one penalty oh. on the dual rolls. Um, the phalanx special rule ignores the shield for Easterlings. I don't think it ignores the bow. No, I don't. I think can so. double check that. That's interesting do. though, because like I, I've I've seen people take yeah. crossbows and with pikes. Yeah, that's interesting though, because like you'll you'll see people take for like Isengard like pikes with bows. You used to. Or with crossbows, yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah they, yeah. they don't get more now. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Well, then, in that case, in that case, I'm not uh, uh, just a little change to this list. There's no bows Make in your this list. list. <laughs> <laughs> There's basically no bows in this list. Um, yeah, so then uh, we have a banner in the second warband, so that's the same warband with Camul. Uh, uh, same reason with uh, uh, that Matt was saying earlier, how we want to have a banner with Camul whilst he's not an Easterling. Um, then the third warbone is an Easterling captain on a horse uh, with shield. And then we again have um, four Easterlings with shields, four with shields and pikes. And then I had a split of four, uh, uh, two with bows and then two with bows and pikes. However, finding out this new information, let's just keep them all with just shields and pikes. So um, in total, you end up with about 44 models. It's essentially the same uh, the same idea uh, as, as a 650 list. So it's under Camul, a big phalanx, uh, a banner, a war drum for extra movement, and another captain. Now this captain, it could be argued it could be something that, someone else, like a war priest. But I I, th I think I would just rather go for another model who can uh, charge into combat on a horse with an additional my point just to just to do some more damage because I'm, I'm I'm not convinced the war priest is necessarily that useful. Should have been a dragon knight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, you, did you have? Sorry, I was looking up the rule, but did you have any cataphracts in this list other than the guy with the drum? Um, yeah. So there's one, two, three. Uh, there's two uh, There's three cataphracts in total. One of them carries a drum, and then there's Amdur, Camul, and then Captain on a horse. So there is yep. a okay. six mounted models. Got it. Okay. No, that's fine. Yeah. There's there's, right. there's not very much to really talk about because. Well, <laughs> that's, I, I'm gonna that's pose, just how yeah, are built. <laughs> I'm gonna pose one last question, and then uh, if nobody else has anything, we can move on to the mix. What is it about 
Easterlings that nobody takes bows in your opinion? Because with Easterlings, you, you notice that they tend to get not super high, but relatively high numbers, and they are defense five, so against other strength two shooting, they do well. And they can get a good amount of one-third bow. What do you think the reason why nobody ever takes bows with this army uh, is? Probably because of this silly pike rule. <laughs> as, as I just found out, because because I always thought to myself, why why not have a have bows in the second rank, mm -hmm. but, but with this uh, with this pike rule, I'm like, I don't bows know, in the second rank it would be a good idea actually. If well, if the pike rule didn't exist, yeah, if the pike rule didn't exist. I mean, you could always put bows in the front rank, I guess. But then you're defense um, five. But then you're defense five. Um, I mean, one of the reasons you don't see bows with these drillings is. I think if they are being properly used, they're always moving nine inches a turn to get mm -hmm. that positional advantage. Um, and the bows will get left behind. Um, and the other reason, at least for me to not take the bows is points are just such a premium in this list that you don't have points left over just to have like two or three guys that are, you know, objective grabbers with bows that just run over to objective and objectives and grab it, which is not to say that that's not, you know, a viable thing to have. Um, I know, think Tim was talking about having a third of your list being bows. Like, why not take a third? Uh, like you would. Well, with okay. So the answer to the, so the answer to that is because this is very much a close fighting and mm -hmm. maneuvering list. Um, and this is, this is not a list even if this is not a list that's ever going to be, I'm just going to sit here and wait and try and outshoot my opponent because the odds that you're going to outshoot an opponent with this list and then still have enough fighting power left. Once you come to grips are pretty low. <laughs> so, I mean, also, I mean, a shoe for value with a strength two bow. I don't think there's any army in the game that tries to spam that. Like, I can't think of any army that's just like, yep, I have four up shoot value, shred two bows, and I'm going to take it everywhere. Survivors oh, of Lake Town. Well, that's Harad. Harad and uh, Lake Town. So, Although or, so they, I guess in they, those instances, hordes. they're hordes. Yeah, yeah, so they're okay. So, okay. So then in that case, you have East Wings, which is kind of like a middle-sized army, then trying to do the survivors. Same thing. So elves yeah. do it, but, but better shoot value. Plus, they, they each have something else that buffs up their shooting, right? Survivors yeah. of Lake Town has Bard, so you've got this cannon amongst your your uh, strength to shoot four bows, and you have Percy if you're going to do it that way. Um, and Harad has the Betrayer, who's making everybody reroll their wounds. Yeah. Actually, the Easterlings uh, have none of those things. Uh, the other thing is Easterling with a bow is essentially it's exactly the same thing as a Warrior of Minas Tirith with a bow. And have you ever seen competitively spam of warriors of Minasteria with bows? Well, I think that's different Fair though, because they have they have different options for bows. So, like, if they didn't have the Rangers or Citadel Guard, I then, 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 then you just it. wouldn't take. Yeah, them. I just wouldn't. You would, I don't think you know. Uh, Gondor warriors with bow or almost that. I like, sprinkle in like two or three of you must for some reason, but almost yeah. everyone's taking a ranger. Mm -hmm. So I guess the answer to the question is that spamming out ordinary um, shoot four strength two defense five bows is just not a winning strategy. In Unless fact, you have a horde or some way to upgrade it. But yeah, absent, absent something else that gives you a benefit, yeah. that's just that on its own is not a winning strategy. I mean, even with um, Minas Tirith Warriors, 
at least you can take a spear and not get minus one. But with these guys, you can't. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on to the final list. Uh, this list is actually by Rainier. Um, he wanted to make sure that his list was read for today, even though he couldn't be with us. Um, and this is a mix of Khand and Easterling. So his list is a Khandish king on chariot with eight Khand horse and two warriors. It is a Khandish chieftain on chariot with eight Khandish horsemen and one warrior. Amder on horse with two cataphracts, eight warriors with shield, five warriors with pike, and one of them is upgraded to the black dragon. Uh, a chieftain on chariot with four horses. So it is 800 points. It's 42 models. It has nine might, 23 bows, three chariots. Uh, the leader is the king, he says, which I'm not sure. Amder's uh, Valor, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So Val he would have to be the... No, the king, no, the king, leader, king right? is Valor as well. King's Valor as well, yeah. But it doesn't matter. These are green allies, right? Oh, kings are yeah. Valor? Kings are also oh, okay. Valor. Well, okay, he, so he's they... talking about who can be the leader. Man. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, because he has the king as the leader. Yeah. But that's because these things don't have a hero of legend. Okay, gotcha. All right. So, the leader is one of the, uh, is the king. Uh, he's got 22 horses. And the point he wanted to highlight is that he has a triple chariot threat. Amder's a grenade. He has a bunch of banners. Um, he has a bunch of bows, a bunch of calves, a high model count for so many tools at 42. And he wanted me to let the viewers know that he will see them next time uh, to you know talk about all this kind of stuff. Um, so basically, you know, 42 models at 800 points. He's got nine might, which is pretty good. Uh, 23 bows is great. Three chariots, and he's got 22 cavalry models. Um, so what are you guys thought on the list? Well, it's Rainier's list. They're usually pretty awful, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm already. I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's right yeah, now. let's just finish the episode. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I've, I've seen in playlists like this, so I kind of have an unfair, uh, like, look into this demolishing me. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, the how many chariots did he say he have in this? Two? He's got three. He's got three chariots. Twenty-three bows. It, it's it's going to yeah. outshoot most opponents. Yeah, and, and, and I mean twenty-two horses too. Yeah, and and I mean the little pike phalanx that he's got here. I mean, the the big problem with this list is it has nothing that can clear terrain, and that little pike phalanx can actually clear terrain. Um, that's kind of what you can use it for is to kind of wade into the woods slowly and just kind of clear out whatever's how many whatever the chariots can't get to. Hmm? Uh, he's got. Let's see. One warrior, three. Uh, he has 16. 16. He's got one Kandish warrior in front of for the chariots. Yeah, yeah. so he's got he's got two warriors yeah. with the king, one warrior with a chieftain, and then so, uh, 13 with Amter. For those who didn't see our Easterling episode where we broke that down, Rainier was talking about how he uses Kandish warriors in front of his chariots, if like he has to, you know, line up close, maybe contest champions or something. So that way, when the first turn starts, if someone goes first, you know, they can just, you know, they'll attack, they'll come in, they'll hit his Kandish warriors, then his chariots just run over his Kandish warriors and start going through. So it prevents him from having to call a heroic move. Why, why, why is one warrior sufficient to do that? I mean, can't you just go up, hit the one warrior, and then wrap around and hit the chariot? So it'll depend on how he actually 
does it. Cause I've always used, so when I used the similar strategy with um, an iron Hills chariot, I had like a line of Lake towners. I'm assuming that what he does is he creates his line like uh, Easterlings and then adds the Kandish warrior where he wants his chariot to run through. So I did the same thing. I created a really bulk defensive line, but then where I knew my iron Hills chariot was going to go through, I only put like, one lake towner or just enough to where like a base wouldn't fit between so it might be two lake towners um and then you complete the line so you just kind of thin it out a little bit um, and you keep the chariot far enough back so that hitting that lake towner and running around isn't enough to to get the chariot um yeah well no you you basically you would just make sure in between them that a base couldn't fit so a 25 mil base would not be able to fit between the two models that you have. It, it like not, not like zones, like it literally can't fit. And so that's how okay. I did it. Now that to me requires. So you would end up having to run over. I had to run right. two okay. over. Yeah, that's right. Now Rainier's somehow doing one. So in Rainier's case, so I had an Iron Hills chariot that was um, a lot bulkier and a lot slower. So I needed to be up close to the line, and get maximum results, but Rainier probably could be further back because he moves two inches faster and he's smaller. So that's why I had to run over two because I'm so big. Maybe he only has one over one because realistically he only has like, you know, he has his line, his line, then just one guy right here. And that's yep. what is. So that that's my assumption on that. Um, I didn't see it happen because I was playing Corsairs and he just ran toward me. So um other interesting notes about the list uh, for those who hadn't viewed our Easterling episode was the, uh, the March does work on these chariots, allows him to move 15 inches and run you over, um, which is pretty terrifying. <laughs> so, um, it's but, a real shame that the kings and, and chieftains can't use might on their, on their trample. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I wish they could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, uh, it, I think I think the interesting to know is like I, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how many um, I think they're all on horses if I'm correct but he has you know 22 mounted horsemen with bow I think if I'm correct yeah. and I mean the ability to just move even five inches and shoot is just massive and with that many bows and it, it, he has the ultimate ability to kind of not really hold a middle ground because of the lack of foot troops, but he hasn't, if he can get a good um, area to control in the middle and then he uses his cap. I mean, he, he has a lot of hitting power in this list. I mean, um, the, the cavalry can't kite forever because they're anchored by the infantry that he has. He can't let them mm -hmm. get slaughtered. Um, so he can move and shoot five inches. But if I really wanted to force Rainier to commit, then I could just swing toward his infantry, in which case his cavalry will have to come back. I think so, what's great, though, is he, he added the two cataphracts specifically so he can make Andrew's horse defense six, um, so he can keep that shield rule. Or the, mm. um, I forget what the name of the exact rule is, but like the one where it boosts the defense of the horse and the, the person. So yeah, it actually makes Gleaming Horde. That gleaming right? horde that's what it is yeah the gleaming horde. that that boosts his the that boosts amder's defense as well correct? yeah it does yeah because he has gleaming, so he's gleaming you know well. amder's defense seven his horse's defense six now so that that's a nice little add there from from rainier um any other final thoughts yeah i mean it's it's a pretty clever way to make or it's a fun list i mean it's a fun hot kind easily list and in my opinion 
you know, I don't think you need necessarily all the Condi's horsemen that he had, but adding these chariots into an Easterling list is one of the at higher points levels is one of the few ways to actually make them work at higher levels. Cause now they have that serious hitting power. Um, but that that's just one thing I'll add. I think you, I think con effectively is like a subcategory of Easterlings. So. Okay. Uh, let us know in the comments section below um, about the lists and, and how you thought about them as well as any other topics for stuff you'd like us to review in future episodes and any lists you'd like us to review. And remember, when you, if you do leave a list, leave a general idea of how you're going to play the list and, and if you want to keep any specific things in the list so we don't diverge too far into one direction or the other. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.